Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'm excited to announce that the audiobook edition of the Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. In this book, I'll show you how to create a side business on Poshmark from your closet or expand an existing retail business using this innovative e-commerce solution. The audio edition comes with a companion document that contains all of the photos, worksheets, and exercises from the print version, making this an immersive and interactive learning tool. If you're not already an Audible member, you can try it out for free and get this title with it through my affiliate link, which is available at bemovingforward.com, in quick links within the show notes for this episode, and in my link tree. The Poshmark Guide is also available in paperback and for Kindle. Start learning moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 417. I hope everyone had a great weekend and are having a great week. And the write-up for last week's episode 416 is available on the website at bemovingforward.com along with the podcasting mini-series page. So for those of you who are newer to the podcast, Uh, Every once in a while, I'll do a collection of episodes revolving around a theme, which I call mini-series or collections. You can find those episodes grouped together on the website at bemovingforward.com. Or if you're scrolling through your favorite podcast player and trying to find an episode of Moving Forward because there are over 400 of them, you can usually find them. the titles will indicate whether or not they're part of a series such as uh, the podcasting series or the writing series. I try to group episodes that go together with titles that are fairly consistent. Otherwise, for those of you who are new to the podcast, there's no particular listening order. A lot of episodes stand alone, uh, so you can enjoy most episodes just by tuning in. And if an episode is part of a series, it's usually indicated at the beginning of an episode. I'll say continuing our discussion from last week, or I will put in some sort of indicator in the episode itself. And speaking of which, last week's episode was a postscript to the podcasting mini-series, and I've decided to do one more. So today's episode will be yet uh, one more postscript to the podcasting mini-series from last year. So consider this the postscript postscript for podcasting in 2022-23. And uh, this will be the last episode, I think, for a little while. I don't think I'm going to be adding too much more on podcasting, at least for the time being. So just to give you a little background for those of you, again, who are newer, uh, last fall I did a series which was an updated look at podcasting. Building off of a series that I did in 2019 on podcasting, which was a deeper dive into the technical aspects of it, last fall I decided to revisit this topic because I feel like podcasting has changed a lot over the last couple of years such that it's become a lot easier to launch a podcast, which is why I think the focus needs to be on the planning, the big picture, having an arc, a beginning, middle, and end, and an exit strategy, all of which I cover in that mini-series, which again, I encourage you to check out if you're interested in launching a podcast. Maybe that's one of your goals for this year. Last week, I covered uh, two important aspects. One is looking at your podcast's building blocks, and this is dependent in part upon your host service provider. And as some of you may know, or if you tuned in last week, I recently 
uh, within the last year switched to a new service provider, which gives you a slightly different way of approaching episodes. So in my prior host service provider, an episode was typically one sound file, one long file. So anything I wanted to put into that episode in terms of content, whether it was part of the episode or a promo for a book or something else, I would have to integrate that as part of the file. And if I wanted to change that, I'd have to find the original file, replace that or snip that out if I wanted to remove it and then replace the original file and that would update it across the different syndicated channels. With Anchor, and this may be true of other host service providers as well, they use what I call a building blocks approach. Now, if you want, you can upload one file as one episode and just do it that way if we want to keep it simple. But I like the building block approach for a very particular reason. So if you are doing a promo, and for those of you who follow my podcast, you know that recently I wrote a book on Poshmark. I wrote a companion seller journal. And over the last month, uh, I released the audiobook version. So I do promo spots for those books to highlight them, especially for those who are interested in learning about Poshmark, as that is one of the topics that I cover fairly in depth on this series, both in the, uh, I have a mini series on it, and I revisit it every now and then as new features where updates are rolled out. So I use the podcast as my platform for that. I also do ad spots where promos for the coloring book that I created a couple of years ago around the holidays because it's a it's a popular gift for the holidays or a gift idea. And what I like about Anchor is that I can create those ad spots or promos, just maybe 30-second ad spots, and then have those as sound files in my library, and I can add them to episodes as needed. I can remove them. I can swap them out. And once I update it, that, will, that change will automatically uh, syndicate across all the different platforms that Moving Forward streams to. So I love the building blocks approach. And as I explained last week, I now structure most episodes basically as an act one, act two. So I, I usually split up each episode into two files with uh, a break in the middle. So I'll have a pre-roll ad that runs before the episode begins. I have a mid-roll ad that uh, runs in the middle. And I also have uh, placeholders for other episodes that may not have an obvious lead into a break, just in case I want to put in those ads in some of the older episodes. And if you listen to some of the older episodes, you'll hear some of those promos as well. But I love the building blocks approach. And again, I invite you to check out 416 if you want to learn more about it. Last week, somewhat related to that, I covered a little bit on monetization. Now, as I mentioned last week, and I'll mention again, I am not an expert on monetizing a podcast. There are other podcasters who do it, who I think do it very well. If that is something that you are very interested in, I do encourage you, do research on this. Check out which podcasters have been able to achieve this, how they've been able to achieve this. I gave a general overview of my understanding, and really, I think it comes down to having a very large audience. Really, if you focus on building a large audience, having the numbers, And again, that's going to be part strategy and also, I think, part luck as well. Uh, You may have a podcast that really taps into something very current or very popular. You may have a particular style that's very catchy. And sometimes you'll see things go viral and it's really hard to understand why. And sometimes it's very easy to understand why. So as I talked about last week with that, um, I... 
I recommend for anyone who wants to launch a podcast, don't make monetization your primary goal. It's a nice to have. Focus on your show, your message, what you want to get out of the podcast, and really connecting with an audience. That said, I do want to spend a little bit of time on other ways you can monetize your podcast because this is a topic that is of interest to a lot of content creators and those going into podcasting. Last week, I really talked about the traditional way of monetizing, which is ads or sponsorships. Now, as I've mentioned, most of my promos are internal, meaning they're for books or uh, creations or products or projects that I, I've worked on. So that's an internal uh, way that I use to promote books that I've written and things like that. Uh, last week, I covered more getting sponsorships for external businesses, third parties that want to advertise on your podcast. Again, you can check that out on, on 416. Uh, so I break this down into two categories, direct monetization and indirect. And I would put ads and sponsorships into direct monetization. That's really a uh, point A to point B way of uh, producing or generating revenue with your podcast because your show really becomes a vehicle for the company, the product or service that you're getting paid to uh, advertise for. Uh, I talked about an alternate way, which I see more and more podcasts doing, especially those that are local to a specific industry or geographic area, and that is working with small businesses. And I think small businesses are an incredible untapped market for so many different content creators because small businesses have the same challenges as any big business. They need to market themselves, but they have the challenge, the added constraint that they don't always have the budget or the manpower or the resources to do so. So if you're launching a podcast covering a specific neighborhood, for instance, or a specific industry, this may be an opportunity for you to help bring awareness to those small businesses. And that's one way that I see some podcasts monetizing is working with local businesses. Now, it could be just a simple transaction where a local business will will pay a certain dollar amount for some ad spots on your show. But I've seen other creative arrangements as well where if a small business, which may have a tighter budget to work with, they may not have the dollars to spend on a lot of advertising, they may do some sort of quid pro quo with your podcast in which uh, you give them a shout out and in exchange, they'll promote your podcast to their patrons or allow you to record an episode on location, which is kind of a win-win. I've seen many creative arrangements. So if that's something that you're really interested in, don't think just in terms of getting ads and sponsors. Think outside the box on this because there may be opportunities to do that. And again, I covered this last week. Let me share some other direct ways of monetizing your podcast. Now, these are ones that I don't have any personal experience with. They're just ones that I'm aware of. And specifically, I'm aware of these because these are ones that Anchor offers as part of its platform, which I think is pretty incredible that these are built in. Uh, other host service providers may provide this as well, but I wanted to bring awareness to you of these that are out there. One is something that I see a lot with YouTube. And I'm seeing this starting to appear more with podcasts, but really I see this a lot on YouTube. If you follow YouTubers, if you have particular YouTubers that you like to watch or subscribe to, 
sometimes they will offer exclusive content. And I see this a lot with reaction channels. In fact, a couple of years ago, I did an episode talking about reaction channels and specific to popular shows like Squid Game. Uh, but sometimes if you have a particular YouTuber who really builds an audience uh, or a large number of subscribers, they may offer exclusive content and they may use a separate platform like Patreon to create a, basically a, a members-only access area for exclusive content. And just the large picture, I've never used Patreon, but my understanding is that, that it's basically a platform that content creators can offer subscriptions. And it could be anything from like a dollar a month to $5 a month, $20 a month, what have you. And depending on the level of subscriber, uh, they offer different pieces of content that the uh, that you don't normally get or exclusive content. Or it could be advanced access to a content. It could be you get access to certain pieces of content before it's publicly released. I've seen many different models for this uh, subscription uh, model or iterations of the subscription model. I'm starting to hear this more on podcasts. I've heard, uh, I've listened to a couple of podcasts that offer exclusive uh, content or advanced content on Patreon. But I wanted to highlight, I've noticed that Anchor has something like this as well. They actually have a subscription section for content creators or podcasters if you want to offer uh, some exclusive content. Or if you have gotten to the point where you're running ads on your podcast and Anchor has kind of a threshold that you have to hit. And beyond that, I'm not sure how it works. I think, again, I think it comes down to if you have a large number of listeners and downloads, then uh, Anchor uh, will open the doors up uh, for you to get connected to sponsors. But uh, they have a subscription section for if anyone wants to listen to episodes that are ad-free. And meaning ad-free, meaning that they're free of third-party ads, not necessarily of promos or anything that the podcaster may be uh, natively recording into the episode. That is to say that it's simply a an additional section of content that your, your really ardent fans, your longtime listeners, uh, will pay a certain amount for it for access to. So that's one model. And again, I would put that under direct monetization because basically it's your audience that your most ardent and loyal fans who are willing to pay a certain amount for additional content from you as a content creator. Uh, I've also seen, and this is something that Anchor offers as well, a section called listener donations, or what I like to call the quote-unquote tip jar. And I've seen this on different platforms as well. Uh, I know YouTube has something like this, especially with live chats and things like that. But uh, you can set up a tip jar or a listener donation section in which uh, listeners who really like your show, want to support your content, can donate whatever amount, like a tip. Uh, you know, a dollar, five dollars. I've seen... Um, other platforms, uh, I think there's one called Buy Me a Cup of Coffee, which I've seen some YouTubers use. So there are different ways you can engage with your audience. Now, I'm going to say the same thing that I did last week. I think you should not look at your podcast as a way of, I, I don't think monetization should be front and center of your podcast. That's just my opinion. 
I think your focus really needs to be on the content, the message, and some core motivation for doing this beyond simply the potential to monetize your podcast. Now, as I've mentioned, Anchor offers a lot of these different tools, subscriptions, listener donations, as well as a threshold. If you know, if you if you uh, reach a certain threshold, then you can be eligible for ads. Um, I will let you know, at this point, I'm not doing subscriptions. I'm not doing listener donations. I have nothing against those things. Uh, it's just that it's not my primary focus right now. And keep in mind, if you do go down that road, and there's nothing wrong with that, I, my sense is that it's really going to be about the additional content. So if you are opening the doors to that, make it worth their while really over deliver. And these are the same kind of lessons that I impart when I talk about running a business on Poshmark, just over deliver on the service. So if you're offering uh, additional content, exclusive content, really put a lot into that. Make it worth uh, the subscriber's while because that's extra work on your part, but that's also work that you're being directly compensated and rewarded for. And really, it should be that win-win. In terms of, uh, again, ads, I've talked more about this last week, but um, Anchor does have a threshold. It's fairly easy to hit. I think it's 100 unique listens and downloads. I actually hit the threshold fairly early on. Uh, but actually getting matched up with sponsors and companies that want to run ads on your show, I think really is dependent on having a large audience. So just know that. It's, I think most of you, if you're consistent with your content, you're going to hit the threshold, let's say if you're on Anchor, where you'll be eligible to run host-read ads and things like that. But just know that just because you are eligible doesn't mean you're going to get those opportunities right away. And again, that's why I say have a motivation that keeps you going. And the more enthusiastic, the more passionate you are about your content, the more you focus your content. I think that's a big thing too. If you're really niched on an area and you're able to build an audience, a loyal audience that is also very excited about this topic, then there are definitely opportunities. All right. The other way to monetize a podcast is what I call indirect. And the first and the most obvious is if your podcast is tied to a business, a service, or somehow tied to your product or book or whatever project you're working on. In the case of moving forward, uh, it's interesting. In the early days of moving forward, back when I was doing some small business consulting, uh, moving forward was sort of a, a marketing arm for that. As I've moved away from that, moving forward has become much more of a personal podcast where I'm sharing a lot of different uh, life hacks, tech hacks, business hacks, that sort of thing. And I've created series to help listeners who want to create their own content uh, or maybe launch a side business on a platform like Poshmark. But one of the things that I've been able to do is to use the content in, in the process of documenting, say, for example, uh, launching a business on Poshmark, which if you go back to that and if you've listened to those episodes, you'll know that that wasn't even for me. That was actually to help my dad's business. Out of that content, I was able to uh, basically write a series of blogs and articles. I've been interviewed on other platforms, both uh, for 
podcasts as well as um, uh, uh, streaming platforms such as uh, Winnie Sun's Level Up show, which was a lot of fun. And I've used that content to create a book, to write a book, and then spin off both a, a seller journal and an audiobook. So in that way, I would call that indirect in that the podcast is used as marketing or to promote a project that I've worked on that is in large part a result of documenting something, a project on on my podcast. The other way that I, I indirectly monetize, and I'll say quote unquote monetize because it's not a lot, but in the blog post, if I do have a, a recommendation for a book or if there's a, if say I'm covering podcasting and I'm going over things like podcasting equipment, I will use Amazon affiliate links. And that's disclosed. That's disclosed fairly clearly on the website, on the blog post, so that uh, anyone who links into those affiliate links, if they purchase through that, then uh, I get a small commission. And that is to support the podcast. I, it's not a lot, but it's just a, a nice kind of little easy way to uh, monetize some of the content that's on the on the blog. Uh, so you can do that, and that's a fairly easy one. A lot of content creators, YouTubers, as well as bloggers and podcasters will will do that. They'll do affiliate links when they're talking about or referencing certain products or books or things like that. Obviously, leading listeners to a potential service or product that you offer is really, it's it's indirect monetization. It, it almost could be direct, but it's indirect in the sense that your podcast is a vehicle to connect you to potential uh, customers, whether it's of a product, a service, a book, or, or et cetera. And of course, as I've mentioned, working with small businesses, I would say that almost falls under, that could be direct or indirect. You know, direct could be that a small business pays to run ads on your show. Where it could be indirect is if you are highlighting a small business that maybe you have a connection to and uh, that business shouts you out. I That almost maybe falls into indirect monetization because really it's not necessarily the dollars that are being exchanged. It's more about mutual win-win promotion. But I wanted to kind of expand on this a little bit. And again, full transparency, I don't do a lot of these. I don't do subscription content. I don't have a tip jar out. I, you know, I, not, not that I have anything against those things. It's just not what's on front of mind for me when it comes to this podcast. That may change. Uh, but for now, I'm content to having this podcast because it's something that I find personally fulfilling because it's something that, um, in terms of the projects that I'm working on, it's professionally fulfilling. And, and really, for me, it's a lot of fun. This is what I do instead of, you know, heavy journaling. Uh, and it also is a way, it's a catalyst for me to always do some writing every week, whether it's a blog post or a write-up or something like that. So I have very concrete, tangible reasons for why I do this podcast, why I've kept with it, stuck with it through 400 plus episodes beyond any sort of monetary or financial reward. Not to say that there aren't any. I mean, you know, in terms of book sales, in terms of whatever small amount that uh, I receive from Amazon affiliate clinks, I'm very, very grateful for all of those things. And as I've also mentioned, big picture 
having this podcast has opened up so many doors and connections for me. Uh, it's in large part of because of this podcast that I was invited to be a TEDx speaker a couple of years ago. Because of this podcast, I've I've been able to do speaking engagements, both paid and unpaid. All of those things have been very rewarding, and I've made some incredible friendships and relationships by virtue of having this podcast, some amazing connections. So there are many tangible and intangible benefits to having a podcast. That's really the the point, and maybe that's really the big picture is tangible and intangible benefits more so than monetization. Monetization is fine. I have nothing against that, and if you're able to hit that threshold Again, I really believe that monetization really is about numbers. Anyone can launch a a podcast and have a tip jar or a subscription section. But if you only have a small number of listeners, you may not get many, you know, subscribers or uh, you may not get many tips in the beginning and be okay with that. That's why I think it's probably better to wait on those things. Don't focus too much on those things until later on, until you get your podcast sea legs. Don't worry about setting up all of the subscription sections and things like that. In fact, a lot of YouTubers I follow, they don't do that until they see that their channels are really blowing up. And then at that point, if they see opportunities or maybe it helps offset some of the costs, because there is a cost, whether it's a dollar cost or a time or energy cost into creating content, whether you're a YouTuber or a podcaster then um, those are maybe times in which to visit those opportunities. But don't really spend too much time in that in the planning stages. As I covered last season, that was not part of the calculus in the planning stages. And I don't think you need to make that front and center. It's okay to think about it. It's okay to maybe have some broad strokes or maybe some visioning of that later on if your podcast grows. But don't make that front and center, at least in my opinion. I just I I think you can get really distracted by that and kind of lose the focus of why you're doing this in the first place. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to conclude today's episode with a look at engagement. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I've talked about on the Poshmark miniseries how staying organized and knowing your negotiating guidelines are key to running a successful business on Poshmark. That's why I've developed the Poshmark Seller Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses, a journal containing worksheets for inventory management and establishing negotiating guideposts for your listings. Included are sample worksheets that are filled out as examples to help new and experienced Poshmark sellers. It's available now on Amazon, or you can find quick links at bemovingforward.com and in the show notes for this episode. If you want to learn more about starting a business on Poshmark, I've also written a book, The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Stay organized with The Poshmark Seller Journal and start moving forward today. All right, we're back on 417, continuing on. This is the second postscript to the podcasting mini-series. Uh, We talked about what I call tangible and intangible benefits in the first half. Now we're going to talk about ways to engage with your audience, which really does kind of tie into those tangible and intangible benefits. And I talked a little bit about this last season, but I think some of this bears repeating. And I also want to dive into a little bit on the different ways you can engage with your audience, which are 
far more plentiful now than they used to be. When I launched Moving Forward, it's interesting. In, in the early days, when you launched a podcast, it was content. And the way you engaged with your listeners was you could have an email, you could have a website, you could have contact forms or be on social media. And that was typically the way uh, listeners might engage with your show. And, and the, you could have a mail list. It was really kind of external. And if you shared out your show, hey, I have a new episode this week, then, you know, if that caught on or if you had a guest and you, they were able to promote it for you, those were kind of the traditional ways of engaging. Uh, nowadays, though, there are a lot more different ways to engage with an audience. So let's start with the traditional, the social media. And there's so many different, not only social media uh, channels out there now, far more than when I launched the show, but many different ways to engage with that audience. So uh, as I covered last fall, you can have a dedicated website. And I cover that more in the podcasting mini series from which you can create spinoff content. And uh, I, I feel for me, at least having that is of benefit of keeping my writing skills sharp. And I know I have some uh, listeners who also like to read the material or read about the material that I share uh, and learn more about it. And some people are better at learning through reading. Some are more auditory listeners. You, you get a mix. Um, so blogs, articles, and books, that's a way you can engage. And you can always tie it back to your podcast. So that's just giving you content that you can share out on social media. When it comes to social media, Traditionally, it was Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. My experience has been that I get, for me at least, the most engagement on LinkedIn and Instagram, sometimes on Twitter. Twitter can be a little hit or miss. There's a lot of uh, Twitter is very frenetic, and it's sometimes hard to get any sort of uh, traction on Twitter. But, you know, if you have a guest on your podcast, and what I do is in the intake form, I usually set up an intake form. I ask the guest if they're on social media to share their handles. And I also ask, is it okay if I tag them on the day the episode comes out? And that can be very helpful if you if you get the okay to do that and you tag the guest on social media. Oftentimes, they will do a lot of the, the momentum for you and sharing it out, especially if they have a, a bigger audience than you do. And I've had that on a couple of occasions where I've interviewed guests with very large audiences and they'll share that episode out and that can definitely be a way to engage with the, the episode that you've put out. Uh, I've always found that LinkedIn is a great one and LinkedIn is also great as a way of curating additional content, taking your podcast content. For a little while, I actually created spinoff content because LinkedIn has its own blogging feature or article feature. You can write articles. And what I would do is I would basically copy and paste the blogs I write on my website and create LinkedIn articles out of them. I've done that with the Poshmark series. I've done that with a couple of other mini series. And sometimes I would maybe tailor it a little bit more for a LinkedIn audience with links back to the podcast. So that's another way you can engage with your audience. Instagram is always great for visuals uh, and you can take photos or screen captures of your blog post, of your podcast uh, on any number of players. Uh, and sometimes I see podcasts create different cover art for individual episodes. And on a service like Anchor, it's very easy to do if you want to create 
customized cover art. I don't do that for moving forward. I'll switch it up every now and then for maybe the holidays, but it's a lot more additional work to create individualized cover art. But if you have the time and it's a you enjoy doing that, then that's something that you can do. And that that can be very helpful on a visual platform like Instagram. Obviously, Instagram stories nowadays, uh, I, I think is a great tool to use to promote something like a new episode. I do that every Thursday. And what's nice is that they've opened it up so that almost every user can embed a link. It used to be you had to have a certain number of followers or be a, a verified influencer to uh, tag links to external sites. But now... You can do that. I think I think almost anyone can do that. And so what I'll do is I'll put a link to the write-up, uh, the blog episode for the episode, which also contains uh, a radio player of the episode as well as links to the various uh, streaming platforms. Obviously, there are others out there. There's Snapchat, TikTok. I don't use any a lot of these, but um, TikTok, I think, especially has, has really come into the forefront as a very popular social media platform. And it's also a way that a lot of content creators are sharing out their content to an additional audience. If you have a mail list, obviously that's something you can take advantage of and uh, email your subscribers, your uh, those who have opted into your mail list. You can notify them of a new episode. And that's also, it, it can kind of work two ways. You can have your podcast invite listeners to opt into your mail list, uh, and then you can notify them of new episodes. Let me share a, a tool which I think is actually very helpful for promoting a podcast on social media, and it's called Headliner, uh, headliner.app, A-P-P. Uh, it's a, there's a premium version and a free version where you can actually create short videos uh, of audio content. So you could take a clip of your podcast, create a video. You can put a visual on it, like maybe your podcast cover art. You can put designs. I think you could put like audio wave designs and you can even do a transcription uh, for the snippet and it'll create a video that you can export and upload to your social media platforms. I sometimes do that. I don't always have time to do that. Uh, it, it takes a little more time, but uh, having that kind of content can be great if you're highlighting a very special episode or a guest. Uh, headliner.app I think is a good tool to use for that. Uh, Anchor now has additional tools, and I know it sounds like I'm really promoting Anchor, but as with last week's episode, Anchor's not uh, promoting this. They're not uh, paying me to say this, and I'm just pointing out what's available. Again, these are features I was not even aware of when I migrated over. They're, they're just features that have either come uh, about as, since I've been on the platform or I've noticed are available as a result of being on the platform and keep in mind, other podcast hosting providers may have these and even more uh, tools available to you. But um, Anchor really uh, has has provided some cool ways to engage with your listeners and your audience. One is a uh, call-in or recorded message feature. So if you go to the Anchor page, so every podcast that's hosted on Anchor will have its own dedicated Anchor page. Anchor, as I pointed out last fall is not only a hosting platform it's also its own syndicated channel it's 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 basically like any other uh, podcast channel you can listen to podcasts directly off of the anchor page for your show uh, but on the anchor page uh, 
there is an option for listeners to record a message submitted. It's almost like a radio call-in. And some podcasts will integrate those audio messages into their episodes. So that's kind of a cool way to engage uh, with a podcast. I know that some podcasts have uh, dedicated phone numbers where you can call and leave voicemails and things like that. So there are many creative ways you can engage with an audience. And that's a cool way. That's a very podcast-specific way because it's really tapping into the audio format as a way of bringing your listener into the podcast itself. Anchor also makes available if you want to run polls. So you can set up a poll and that could be a great way to gauge your audience as to things like, what do you want to learn about or what topics are of interest to you or what did you think of this episode, that kind of thing. And I think that mostly, uh, I think that posts to Spotify specifically. I don't know that the polls will actually be available on other streaming platforms because as a reminder, Spotify owns Anchor, so they're pretty well connected. But if you set up a poll, uh, you I think it'll appear on the Spotify version of your podcast or the Spotify stream for your podcast. So we're seeing a lot more ways for podcasters to engage with their listeners. And I point this out because that is something you may want to think about. I'm kind of old school. I'm kind of doing this the way I did it in 2015 for good or bad. Uh, I've pretty much stuck to having the content, sharing it out with my listeners. And if the listeners want to engage with me, they can do so on social media. And I do have people reach out to me on social media, which is really cool. I've connected with people on a variety of different topics. But now there are different ways to do so. If you want to do polls, if you want to encourage your listeners to leave voice messages through tools like the Anchor recorded and submit feature, or you know, I've seen other host providers, I think, provide other ways for listeners to do similar things. And obviously, promoting your show, I think, is important. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to say, don't try to be on every platform all at once. You're just going to spread yourself too thin. Pick two or three, maybe ones that you're already accustomed to being on, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever your social media platform you're most comfortable with. If you're not on any of them, that's a philosophical question. Do you want to be on social media? I've listened to some very popular podcasters who refuse to be on social media and yet have a large audience. Uh, I've listened to other podcasters that are very specific about which social media channels they're on and encourage their listeners to engage with them. That isn't part of philosophical question, but I do think sharing out your podcast, whether it's to the world at large through social media, whether it's through a mail list, I think that is that is something that every podcaster should do. To what extent and how, that's going to be up to you. But I think especially when you're starting out, podcasts, there's so many of them out there now uh, that it every little bit can help get your show out there. So I'll leave you with that. There are many tools you have at your disposal. And I think this is the kind of the big picture of today's Postscript episode is that there are many different ways you can approach your podcast when it comes to tangible and intangible benefits, as I covered in part one, and engaging with your audience, which also ties into part one. You know, audience engagement often is the foundation and developing that relationship with your listeners is often the foundation towards 
you know, promoting a book, a service, or uh, even a direct monetization through a, a tip jar or a subscription. It starts with engaging and connecting with your, your listeners, developing and cultivating that relationship based on trust and the quality of the content and the passion that you have for the content that you're putting out there. All right, the write-up for today's episode will be at bemovingforward.com. This will also be added to the podcasting mini-series page. Uh, this will conclude my take on podcasting. Again, I wanted to just provide this just to give you an awareness of what's out there. A lot of these I personally don't use, so I can't give you a, a lot of feedback on how they are. So my recommendation is if you're podcasting and these are things that you want to do, you want to look at ways to monetize or engage with your audience, just do your research. There are a lot of podcasters and content creators and articles that kind of go into this. If you're on Anchor, you know, you have a lot of tools. Anchor provides a, a complete suite so you can experiment with different things. But I'm going to caution you on getting too caught up in that too early on and really encourage you to focus more in the early stages on planning your podcast, having the exit, creating arcs. Go back and listen to the podcasting miniseries that I did last fall and start with those episodes. Uh, really think about the, the big picture and why you're doing this. I think it's important to have a strong motivation that not only gets you to the starting line, but carries you through especially as you're creating content week after week and get you to your exit as well. All right, have a great week and a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.